Okay, uh, anybody ready for the word? Oh, no, 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 come on. You didn't hear me. Anybody ready for the word? The word of God's going to come forth. Hey, I am excited about what God is doing. Some of the kids are going to be heading back. They're going to be visiting with Jason and Jessica today for just a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about, a lot of, Shelly was like, is this just for the graduates? I said, well, no, it's not just for the graduates, but it, you, it, those of you that have graduated, you're going to be able to get a, a, a real meat in the word today, but this is really for everybody. How many of you know that there's transition? Oh no. How many of you know there's some transition? You know, and, and sometimes if we just do, we just do the same things we always do. We always do what we always got. You'll always get what you always got. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. I feel like a racehorse. I feel like the, the preakness. I feel like I'm a, you know, I'm, 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 I can't remember the horse that won the race yesterday. Some of you racehorses. Um, I know who, I, I, I know who it was. It'll, it'll come to me. No, it wasn't Ny- Nyquist. Exaggerator, that's right. Exaggerator won yesterday. So I feel like them. You know, they have trouble putting them in the, in the, in the gate to get ready. So let me just pray. Father, we just allow your spirit to just begin to take over. Father, we thank you that we are discovering all that you have for us. And each and every one of us are in a different walk of life. We're in a different place. We're in a different position. And God, we thank you that these things are going to be uncovered that you're going to be able to strengthen us that you are going to be able to help us and let us just glean from your word today in jesus name and everybody said amen i i want to talk about um you know discovering what god has for you and i was going to share with you about some things but i really felt like this is what the lord was wanting to do today there's three things i want to talk about today somebody say three things there's three things say uncover recover and discover. So we're going to talk about the covers. <laughs> uncover, recover, and discover. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about uncovering. I want to, I want to lay a, a foundation down and I want you to get, understand what God's wanting to do. We're in a time, we're in a season where there's things that are being uncovered. To uncover literally means this. It means to take off the cover. How many of you know that sometimes the enemy will put us in a lid and God wants to remove that lid? Come on. So we can go and get go deeper with him so we can step into the things that he has. So not only do we take off the cover, but uncover also means to disclose. Say disclose. Disclose. God wants to disclose some things. He also wants to remove a cover or a covering from. In other words, there's maybe a cover that God wants says, look, I'm going to take that cover off. How many of you know that sometimes when you have something that's covered and you uncover it, you can begin to see what's underneath it? You can begin to see. You can see the good. You can see the bad. I remember there was a, there was a, I had a, uh, when I was in high school, I was looking for a Mustang and I looked for a 1969 Mach 1 Mustang. And I looked for nine months and I would, Tom, I would take my dad and he would say, let's go see it. And I'd go see it and he'd look at it and go, no, that's not the one. And then I'd have another one. It was silver and had red stripes and traction bars on it and everything else. It was jacked up in the back. I knew it was great, man. It was silver with a red hood scoop. And I was like, this is going to be the one. And he'd go look at it and he'd go, no, that's not the one. And he, he began to start looking at some things and all of a sudden he could uncover some things. I found one that was actually undercover. 
I found one that was actually put into a basement, and the, the guy that owned it was in, in uh, California, and this was back in North Carolina. And, and I said, you know, Dad, Dad, I think I got one. And he said, where is it? And it was in this guy's basement. How many of you know it was covered up? It was covered up. And all of a sudden, he said, you know, we began to look at it. And he was like, wow, now this might be the one. This might be the one. So that was the one. I had it. I owned it. I drove it. I had it for 19 years. Um, Joel asked me one time, he said, Dad, he said, what's your, what's your favorite car, your dream car? You know, guys, we usually have dream cars. I don't know. The ladies are like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about a dream car. But the guys, we usually have a dream car. I said, I had, I had something that I not only owned, but I drove for 19 years. And, and how many of you know it was undercover and it was uncovered and then all of a sudden God began to show it. The other definition that I want to talk about uncovered real quickly is to reveal. Say to reveal. Go with me to Matthew. Let's look at chapter 16. Matthew 16 as we get into the word of God today. Matthew 16. I want to look at verses 13 through 18. Matthew 16 verses 13 through 18. I believe that if we're going to discover everything that God has for us, there has to be an uncovering. There has to be a removing of the cover. There has to be a revealing of some things. And I'm not only talking about the graduates today, but also you today. Matthew 16, verse 13. It says, now when Jesus came into the the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So look at me real quick, just a moment. Jesus is coming in. He's talking to Peter, and he says, you know what? Who who do people say that I am? Who do people say that you are? Who do people say that you are? And he was saying, who do people say that I am? We know that he was the Messiah. He goes on in verse 15, and he said to them, But I who, excuse me, but who do you say I am? And how many of you know Peter? Peter was one that was really quick to answer, wasn't he? He was really one to jump in for Jesus' defense. He was, you know, he cut off uh, Malcolmus's ear, you know what I mean? He jumped in there for, for Jesus. So Peter jumps right in, and here's what he says. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 17, Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not, what? Reveal. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And that spirit of prophecy that's in the house today, I'm prophesying to you today that God is going to show himself differently than you've experienced. God is going to begin to reveal himself to you in ways that you've never thought that he could ever reveal himself to you. Just like he did with Peter. Some people call it a revelation that Peter wasn't thinking about the time when he was on the seashore and saw Jesus and said, that's the Messiah. That's the Messiah. Hey, John, James, that's the Messiah. This is the guy that we know about. All of a sudden it bypassed his intellectual and it ended up in his heart. And he said, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. The son of the living God. God is going to begin to reveal. He's going to uncover some things that you're going to begin to see him in a great mighty way. Tell the person next to you, say, he's revealing some things. Tell him he's revealing some things. He's revealing himself to us. I heard, we heard recently about where people, God was visiting them in their dreams. 
We heard in Africa where he was showing up and he was showing their hands just like he did with Thomas. He showed up with the disciples and he said, put your hand in my hand. Put your side in my side. He's beginning to reveal some things. Galatians 16, I think about when Paul, don't turn there, but let me just give you a scripture. Chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. I'm not sure if we have it up there or not. But he said to Paul, Paul said this, but when God who had set me apart from even my mother's womb called me through his grace, was pleased to reveal, say reveal, reveal his son. He revealed Christ to him so that I might preach him, Christ, among the Gentiles. How many of you know Paul had a Damascus Road experience? He revealed himself to him. But how many of you know that although he revealed himself during that Damascus Road experience, Paul continually had Christ being revealed to him. How many of you know this just isn't a one-time thing? Glennis knows that. It's not a one-time thing that, okay, God revealed himself to me as a Savior. I receive him as my Savior. But what about revealing himself as Lord? What about revealing himself as Redeemer? What about revealing himself as Healer? What about revealing himself with the glory of God? What about revealing himself as a provider? What about revealing himself? Oh, come on, somebody. You know what I mean? He's beginning to reveal. He's uncovering who he is. Some people are like, well, you know, I know Jesus. He's just a little plastic thing you put on your dash. You know what I mean? Or he's the one that other people talk about. You know, God wants you to know him intimately. God wants he's going to begin to reveal himself as the father. Some know him as just God, but he's going to begin to reveal himself to you as a father, as a good, good daddy, as a good, good daddy. He's beginning to reveal himself to you. So he's uncovering who Jesus is. So the first thing I want to share with you, if we're going to discover who God is or what God has for us, is that he has to uncover some things. He's going to begin to reveal. Number one is uncover. Number two, let me give that to you real quick. Number two is recover. Say recover. What was number one? Uncover. What was number two? Recover. Recover. I'm not talking about taking a chair and recovering it. Although God can reveal himself to you and do that. But I'm going to talk about the, the definition that we have find in the word of God that it says to recover. Recover means to find or regain passion of something. It means to restore. It means to repair. It means to revive. Oh, come on, somebody. How many of you know that God's a reviving God? Oh, you may have been knocked down, but God says, I want to revive you. I want to bring you back up. You may have been dry as toast, but God said, I want to put some of that butter on there. I want to throw some jelly on there. I want to be able to begin to revive that thing and make it even better. I love the second definition, to find or to regain passion, regain passion of something. How about you return back to your first love? How many of you remember that, oh, man, I remember the time I got saved, man, I was just on fire. There was just zeal everywhere. I was just talking about Jesus everywhere I went. I just wept and I cried, and, and that was 37 years ago, and now I just kind of do this. God wants to revive some things. He wants to recover some things. Oh, come on. He wants to begin to recover those things in your life. I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I want to I want to look at a, 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 some of you may remember. First Samuel chapter 30, if you don't turn there, let me tell you a little story. A little story in here, it was about David. And it was about David leading a, 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 the men. And he, the Amalekites had gone in and they had raided what was called Ziklag, which where they were staying. 
And how many of you know, they went in and they raided. They took over Ziklag. David and the mighty men were gone, and they came in. And not only did they raid them, but they burned it. They burned the place. They took the women. They took the children. They took all the possessions. They took all of that stuff. I want to encourage you to be able to read through that at a different time and really see this story. But I want you to see what exactly what, what David ended up doing. First of all, we, we find David that he comes back and, 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 and everything's been burnt. He comes back and he's like, oh, my gosh. And how many of you know the people were upset with David? They started getting upset with him. It was like, if you hadn't had us out there messing around with those Amalekites or Philistines and messing around being the last of the army, and they sent him home, and then they went and they came, and none of this stuff would have happened if we would have been there. David, if you'd have done this, it wouldn't have happened. David, if you'd have done this, it would have happened. David, if you'd have done this better or you'd have done that better, all this stuff wouldn't have happened. So David is all of a sudden feeling pressure. Anybody ever felt pressure? You begin to start feeling that pressure that that which is coming in. And David begins to do one thing. If you can look at this in verse 7, he says he gets out the ephod. Now, to David, who was a king and a priest, and I want, to know, I want you to know you're a king and a priest. You're a king and a priest. Come on, say, I'm a king. And ladies, if you want to say, I'm a queen, <laughs> I'm a queen. The, the, the granddaughters were with us today and they come down the stairs and they were talking about, you know, their dresses. And I said, oh, man, you look like princesses. And they were like, we're princesses, we're princesses. And I thought, Lord, you're speaking to me right now through my grandchildren. And she said, my daddy, he's a prince. And, and Papa, you're a prince. So she understood the principle of the woman being a princess and the man being a prince. Come on, somebody. We are kings and queens. We are sons and daughter of the Most High God. And David himself was a king, and the Bible says he was also a priest. And the priest could take the ephod. The priest would take an ephod. We know it today in the New Testament as the secret place. Some may, 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 may put the tallit over them. So you may come to that place of a secret place. This was a garment that the priests wore that had the different tribes of Israel that was on it. Are you, you understanding what this was about? He said he called for the ephod. Basically, he said, man, all those pressures here. I got to get away. I got to find God. In the New Testament, it would be the, 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 the secret place that he would begin to get in with God. And he began to start saying, God, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And he began to start saying, you know what? I need to know what it is I need to do. And I'm here to tell you, when God began to speak to him, he said, God, do I do this? In verse 8, he said, God, do I, do I pursue if I pursue, shall I overtake them? And do I recover all? And God spoke to him. He said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. I'm here to tell you, there's some things you've got to pursue in your life. There's some things you've got to begin to step up. There's a place that you've got to go that said, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to seek you with all my heart. And he's going to say, guess what? You're going to overtake and you're going to recover all. That's a word for somebody today. Tell the person next to you, say, you better get this. This is for you today. Tell them. Say, it's for you today. Tell them. Come on, it's for you today. we got to pursue, overtake, and recover all. When you begin to pursue, you need to regain something secure. You need to regain passion for something. God is saying you want to recover. He wants you to recover. 
He wants you to get to that place where you may have been knocked down. How many of you know they've got this Gatorade thing and they've got one Gatorade that you can drink to start with. Then they got one Gatorade that you drink during the supposedly during the competition. And I think it's all sales and marketing, actually. But and then there's another Gatorade that's called, Bill, a recovery Gatorade. That when you're done and your body is, is sore and it's hurting, when there's things that it's like, okay, you drink this and it begins to recover the nutrients and the minerals and it recovers your muscles and it recovers your tendons. How many of you know that God says, I've got a recovery for you. I got a recovery to heal the hurts. I got a recovery to overcome the pain. I've got a recovery that will begin to, to bring in Jesus name. I got a recovery. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's got a recovery for you. He's got a recovery for you. A lot of times people are like, wait a minute, I want to recover something. I want to give you, give you a testimony. You know, a while back we went up to Liberal, Kansas, and I was able to preach at Pastor Jim's church, and, and we talked about recovering. They didn't preach this message, but, but a guy had come through, and we prophesied over him, and I said, you know, there are some things that the Lord, you're going to begin to recover. Those things that were hidden are all of a sudden going to come, come forth, and you're going to begin to recover because God wants to bless you in the kingdom of God. Well, I found out two weeks after we, after we got back, he called Pastor Jim, and Pastor Jim called me, and he said, you'll never believe what happened. I said, I'll believe it, baby. What happened? He said, this man had a, 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 a necklace, and it was a cross, and it was important to him. And he had lost it five months earlier. Five months. True story. He lost it five months. It was important to him. He was working. He was actually said he was digging a ditch uh, and putting in some air conditioning lines or something. And, and, he, and he thought he'd lost it then. He wasn't sure. But come to find out, there was another guy that was doing some work around his house that was out there by his air conditioner and was moving some something and saw something bright and shiny and reached down. And it was the necklace with the cross on it. And then it began to recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. That ought to get you excited. Amen. I'm like, yes. He, he said, he said, the very thing that was prophesied, there's a recovery that's taken place. So not only did he say that he's going to, you're going to be able to uncover, but he's also going to recover. Say recover. He's going to, you're going to recover. Recover that passion you used to have. Recover that thing that you're saying, God, what is it that you have for me? And the third thing, and I want to share with the graduates is to discover. Say discover. Discover. This is with all of us. See, we're in a transition time. There's some things happening. There's some things going on. There's some things, but it's all good things. Hello. How many of you know he's working things out for our good? Amen. And he, and he says, not only do, do, you, do you uncover, not only will I help you recover, just like David. The Bible says he recovered. He pursued, overtook, and recovered all. In fact, when you go back, I'll go back to that David story just a moment. Because as I was reading through it, I realized he not only recovered everything that they had lost, he had ended up recovering all the spoil that they had gotten from other countries. And the Bible says they came back. And when they came back, there was a couple, um, there was a couple uh, 200 men that didn't go fight for them. And the other men came back and they were like, hey, you didn't go fight for us. You didn't go fight for us. You were tired. We went in and did all the work. And David's like, no, 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 no. They should get what you get. Not only did they get what they recovered everything, but there was enough to give to, to other kingdoms. Come on, somebody. It'd be like God restoring, and you got enough to give to Visai, and you got enough to give to Moreland, and you got enough to take care of Woodward, and you're going to take care of Fort Supply and Fargo. And I think we'll just throw in Buffalo and Laverne, and, and we'll throw in those places. What about Alva? We just got enough for all of that stuff. He's, he says, yeah, I'm going to begin to recover some things. 
and you're going to have more than enough. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Go ahead. I think he's talking about you. It's more than enough. The third thing, not only is he's going to recover, is that we need to discover. 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 And discover means this. It means disclosure of a covered or forgotten thing. Maybe something that you've forgotten. God's going to, you're going to discover. Maybe there was something that you thought, oh, oh. Maybe there was something that you thought wasn't valuable. That God said, now look at it again. It's valuable. The word discover means to find something unexpectedly. Anybody ever found something? Hey, I just found that. I just discovered that that was there. You found something unexpectedly. You didn't expect. I didn't expect to find it. And there it was. It also means to become aware of a fact or situation. It means to be the first to find like a discovery, like Ben Franklin found electricity. There's going to be some things that you're going to be able to be the first to find them. It also means to disclose the identity of. And I put the word someone on my notes. It's to find your identity of who you are. God wants you to discover that you are a child of the Most High God. He wants you to discover that you are a daughter of the king. He wants you to discover that you are royalty. He wants you to discover that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. He wants you to discover that it's not how hard you get knocked down. It's how high you bounce back. He wants you to discover that there is healing and then there's there, there, that you can begin to walk in that healing. Not only physically, but what about emotional? There's a lot of healing discovery that's taking place emotionally. A couple scriptures before we finish up is Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. It says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search it out. So those of you that, that, are, that are stepping into that place, it says, God, there's some mysteries. How many of you know there's some things, there's mysteries there, but those mysteries are for us. The mysteries aren't for the people that don't know him. The mysteries are for you. But you know what? This scripture says, you got to search it out. You got to search it out. Are you kings? Yeah. Then, then he's talking about you right here. He's like, you're going to be able to search that thing out. There's some things that God wants to dis- you want you to discover, Bonnie. And when He wants you to discover it, then it's going to take some searching out. It's going to be able to take to say, God, what do you say about this in Your Word? God, what do you say about this? God, what is going on in my life here? What is going on there? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter two, if you can, real quick. Proverbs chapter two. I want to look at verses one through five. Proverbs chapter 2, whoops, went past it, here we go. Verses 1 through 5, he says, My son, if you will receive my words, this is all of us, this isn't just for the graduates. He says, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, not just treasure them that you see them, but within you, you have value and treasure for them. He said, make your ear attentive to Wisdom, say wisdom. He says, make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. He wants the graduates to have wisdom, but he also wants you to have understanding. Understand this. I don't know this. I haven't figured this out yet. What this? Is, what is this? And then you begin to start figuring those things out. You begin to start looking at those things. He says, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your heart to understanding. 
He says, for if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her, meaning wisdom as silver, and search for her as hidden treasures, you will discern the fear of the Lord and what? And discover the knowledge of God. Not just who he is, but who he is to you. Matthew 13, 44. Matthew 13, 44. You don't have to turn there. I want, to, I want to put it up. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, what? Hidden in a field. This is a parable of what the kingdom is. Jesus is talking about this right here. And he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that's hidden in the field, which a man found. Could I say which a man discovered? He discovered that. All of a sudden, it's being revealed to him. A man found, and he did what? He went and hid it again. And then he says, it says from joy over it, he goes and what? Sells all that he has to go and buy that field. I think what, what we try to do is we try to understand the importance of this, that there was a discovery that was made. There was a discovery. I saw recently in a movie, they were looking for something. They were looking for a, a, a line, a, a, a water supply line. And he had that metal probe and he would push it down, right? Lloyd, he would push the probe down and it was like, didn't hit nothing, didn't hit nothing, didn't hit nothing, didn't hit nothing. All of a sudden you hear it go, doop, 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 doop. It's like, okay, there's the line. So they began to dig for that. He began to find out the discovery of the line. And how many know it was a water leak and they were able to get it fixed. There's some discovery that God says, I'm going to bring to you that you're going to be able to discover some things that you'd not yet discovered. You're going to begin to uncover some things and recover some things and discover some things. See, it's a treasure hunt, man. We can, we can keep hunting. Don't think you've gotten too old to hunt. Don't think you've gotten too smart or wise to hunt. Come on, somebody. It's a, it's a treasure hunt. Let's hunt, let's hunt for it. And it, he says, you find that beginning, you find that treasure, and you take that treasure. And he says, look, I found this in a field. And he said, I'm going to keep it hid, and I'm going to go away, and I'm, I'm excited, man. I mean, how many of you, if, Virginia, if you guys had 10 acres of land and you were going to sell it, and you didn't know there was oil on it, and I was, and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to buy your 10 acres of land, and then I found oil on it, do you think I'd tell you? I wouldn't tell her. I wouldn't tell her that there's oil on it. How many of you know God's got that for me? Hello? And I do, I fair and equitable, do a trade with her. She, I give her money. She gives me the property. I go and hit an oil well. Come on, somebody. It's that treasure that was found, that was hidden. I mean, there are some things that God says, I've got for you. I want you to begin to discover. I want you to begin to start looking for it. There are some things. There's provision. There's supply line. There's those things that God said, hey, you may have gotten knocked down. There may have been some difficulty in your life. You may not know which way to turn. You may not even know which wind is up. But God is saying, look, I got something. If you will seek me, you will find me. If you will begin to look, if you'll start digging, if you'll start going after it, you'll begin to look at it and you will begin to discover everybody say discover discover we will begin to discover are you ready to discover some things i mean i want this life to be a life of discovery i am discovering wonderful things about my wife all the time all the time i'm wanting to learn her and grow and i don't you know even after 17 18 years that i'm like you know i don't know i don't know if i you know i i did this and she thought i was going to do that and how many of you know sometimes you just don't really know there's sometimes, you know, you think you know somebody and then all of a sudden you're like, man, there's another thing. And she surprises me all the time with some wonderful things that happen. We begin to discover 
So those three things that I want you to know is that God wants to uncover, he wants to recover, and he wants to discover. There are some things that God is doing that we're going to begin to see that. We're going to begin to, to operate in that. How many of you know there's some new things coming? Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready for some cool things. <laughs> it's like, get ready for some cool things. Get ready for some new things. So we're in the middle of some transition. I want to pray for you today. I want to give you five quick things real quick, and then I want to have Jason and, and Jessica come on up. These five things that I want to give you, those especially those of you that are graduating, is that, number one, you have to know that God has a plan and a purpose. He has a destiny for your life. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a destiny for your life. And it's not over. Hello? It's just beginning. The second thing that you have to realize, that there's outside circumstances do not control our lives. What's going on the outside, I'm glad God doesn't look at the outside. Because I might have buttoned my button wrong, or I might have had some, you know, spaghetti sauce over here. Come on, somebody. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, you know, I have a tendency to do that. I have a tendency to sit and after I eat meal, it's usually you can tell what I've eaten. It's like, Eric, did you go meet with that person? Yeah, well, you got spaghetti sauce right over there or pizza or you got a pepperoni or whatever it might be, right? So it's those outside circumstances. It's the outside circumstances that don't control us. It's what's going on on the inside of you. Did you know that God says, I don't look at the appearance of the person on the outside. I'm looking at what's in their heart. I'm looking at what's in there. So that's number two. The third thing that I want you to understand is that we must believe that God desires for us to have an abundant life in every area of our life. See, some people are like, well, you know, I was just, you know, Pastor Virginia, she just has an abundance of prophecy. Just prophesying all the time, got the abundance of prophecy. She got like there was an abundance meter of prophecy, and it was from 1 to 10, and she got all 10, so there's none left for me. I mean, that's me like going to Dad and saying, Dad, I, I, got, no, I got nothing left. He said, well, I own the cattle on a 1,000 hills. And you say, well, what happened to a 1,001 hills? Well, he owes that too. That's a, that's a metaphor that he uses to say, I own it all anyway. So he begins to say, look, you've got to know that he wants you to have an abundant life. Not just in your finances, but peace in a situation. When the kids are acting like a bonehead and they're doing stuff they shouldn't be doing, come on, somebody, you've got to have some peace, don't you? You've got to have an abundance amount of peace, right? You've got to have those things So in every area of our life. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Come to give you what? Just a little bit of life? Abundant life. Abundant life. Number four, it says we must keep our priorities in line with the Word of God. Keep your priorities in line with the Word of God. What's the word line up with? Try to keep your priorities. In other words, this. Keep Christ the center. Keep Christ the center in the middle of baseball. Keep Christ the center in the middle of theology. Are you with me? Christ has got to be the center of it. Hello? You've got to keep Christ the center in the middle of whatever you're doing. If you're driving a truck or if you're driving a bus or if you're going to college or whatever it might be, you keep Christ the center. That's what it is. And number five, make quality decisions. Let's all say that together. Make, make some quality decisions. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know what? David got the ephod. And instead of going by his emotions, because his emotions, probably everybody is mad. He's just like going to quit. His emotions, he heard from the Lord. He made a quality decision. And he said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. 
Now, David had a word of the Lord, and it was like time to get up. Time to get up, time to go, time to do what it is that you've called me to do. Make quality decisions. There is a scripture that says there is safety in multitude of counsel. Get some other people around you to say, look, I, I had a decision to make. Do I stay in North Carolina? Do I come to Oklahoma? Do I stay in North Carolina? Do I come to Oklahoma? Do I stay in North Carolina? Do I come to Oklahoma? Should I stay or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? Right? Should I stay or should I go now? And I, I, the truth was is I had, a, I had a piece of paper. I drew a line down the middle, Kate. I drew a line down the middle, wrote down there why I should stay in North Carolina, and on the other side why I should go to Oklahoma. And it was like this long on one side and this one on the other side. In the natural, you could look at it and say it's better to stay in North Carolina. That was 18, 17, 18 years ago. But I heard from a word from the Lord. And the Lord, I said, go, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll, 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 I'll do what you want me to do. And he said, I want you to go to Oklahoma. I left work that night after crying and weeping and slobbering and, and snotting and everything on the floor. I walked and went home that night and I called her on the phone and I said, I'm going to go to Oklahoma. I have no idea what I'm doing in Oklahoma, but I'm going to go to Oklahoma. How many of you sometimes feel that way? And I'm not sure what to do. I'm not sure where to go. I'm not sure what to do. He says, begin to make a quality decision. How many of you know a quality decision is always what God wants? A quality decision is always, always, always what God wants. So there's great news today. There's great news that... There is a wonderful future out there. There is a wonderful future for you out there. There's a wonderful opportunities for you out there. Eva, there's wonderful future for you out there. It's out there, and it's just like, okay, let's just go do it. Let's just begin to step into it. Let's just begin to receive it, the good and the bad. How many of you know you've got to receive the bad when it comes along also? All I know is that I've had a, I had a walnut that tasted terrible, and it didn't stop me from eating walnuts. Huh? Come on, somebody. Anybody had a steak? Didn't taste too good. But how many of you know, Shorty, when you get that one steak, get that woo, the mess in your mouth? Never mind. I'm not going to talk about food because you guys will get hungry. Discover what God has for you. Discover. I say this. Don't decide, but discover it. Don't decide, but discover it. Last story, and I'm going to... Jason, if you, are you guys going to come on up? You and Jessica? I'm going to have you, Jason and Jessica come on up. When you discover what God has for you, then you'll begin to start walking in that. When you discover what God has for you, during the difficult times, you'll realize that, wait a minute, I discovered this. And this is what you have for me. And that will keep you on track during difficult times. Hello? Discovering what God has for you. Don't decide. There was this, there was this story, tell you this story, walking down the street, New York City. There's a lady there with her two boys. One nine, one seven. Guy walks up to her and said, Hey, are these your children? She says, Yes, this is my lawyer and this is my accountant. She had already decided what they were going to be doing. Hello? And there's times where we try to decide for people what they should be doing and they've got to hear from God to do what He's called them to do. And and sometimes it might be like, this is my lawyer and this is my accountant. But when they grow up and they really discover what it is they have for them, that lawyer may may not be a lawyer. That lawyer may be a CEO of a company that she's thinking ought to be a lawyer, and now all of a sudden he's running a a Fortune 500 company. Come on, somebody. See, we want you to be able to discover what it is for you.
today, maybe you've just been, maybe you've been saying, God, what is that? And he wants you to discover that. I was looking for Steve. Is he around? Or Steve, come on up. Would you please come on up? I'm going to have Steve play the guitar. And Jason and Jessica, I guess we're waiting on them to come on up. Um, Say God is good all the time. He is good. I want us to discover that. Let me pray for you as we as we transition here just a moment. Father, we just thank you, God, that you know that there is an amazing opportunity for us today and in the future. I'm just reminded of your scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, not to harm you, but to give you hope and to give you a future. Father, I thank you that we are discovering what you have for us. We are stepping out into what you have for us. As a family, as a church family, as individuals, God, as just children of the Most High God. Father, I ask that you will help us discover who we are in you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Um, we want to we have the opportunity that, that Jason and Jessica would want to share something with you that they've shared with the children. And, um, and I think it goes along even with my message today. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys. It's been a kind of rough morning. Um, um, anyway, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. But um, well, I just want to let you guys know um, our family um, is kind of going on a new adventure. Um, it's kind of what we're calling it. Um, we've told the, the kids and the youth. Sorry, they kind of hold my heart. Um, but we have so enjoyed being part of Living Word Fellowship Church and being here in Woodward for so many years. But um, our, um, we're just starting a new adventure and we're moving um, to Oklahoma City. Um, so, but we're... I guess I'll try. <laughs> uh, so that's what we wanted to tell you this morning, and uh, that we were going to transition and move to the city, and and uh, look what God has for us there. And you know, I was just thinking when I was standing back there, and I I, I, I don't know how to say, I don't know how to say thank you. I don't know how to say thank you for everything that. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to thank you guys for everything you've poured into my life and in my wife's life and in my children's life. I'm just going through the different memories in my mind. I don't know how to thank you, Pastor Terry, for teaching teaching me how to be faithful, teaching me self control. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but one time we were moving a car, <laughs> and we strapped it in on this flatbed truck, and I strapped it in. This is terrible. 
I thought we were going to die. <laughs> and we pulled over, and you just started working on it, and you never cussed me. <laughs> and I kept telling you I was sorry, and you wouldn't have it, and you were just like, who cares? <laughs> and I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I'd have been so mad at you. But you taught me that. You sowed that into me. You set an example every single day. You come in here and you're always, it's a great day. It's a great day. It's a great day. No matter what. Thank you. I don't know how you say thank you for any of this stuff. I don't know how to thank Cade. Some stuff you don't know about this kid, this young man. You guys should write a book. Your family should write a book. I don't know how. It's just this teenager, I, I deal with teenagers all the time because of the position I, that God blessed me with, but he comes in and he's not normal. He, he, when he shows up, he shows up to be engaged, to participate. I got so many teenagers that come back there, I have to jerk them out of the seat and make them play games and make them enjoy life. It, part of it is because of what they're dealing with, you know, at home or whatever, but he comes to engage and it doesn't matter. You know, I used to think, well... He's got all his buddies coming right now. Maybe when he was 11, 12, 13 years old, they were able to come. But then he would show up and nobody would be there, that, like not his best friends or not, not the people that he goes to school with. And it didn't matter. He, he wasn't above spending time with us or spending time with anybody that was there. And that's the kind of young man he is. He would come in and, and pick whoever, and he would zero in on that person and he would spend time with them, and he would engage with them. He didn't have his phone. He would just he would make them feel better, and that's what he did. And he always, you know, he didn't he didn't sleep through whatever I was telling him that he'd probably heard a thousand times, and he could probably teach it. That's just who he is, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for every memory I remember. I still remember at camp when we're running. The, he gave me a, he, he gave me he gave me stuff to teach on, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, examples. We're running this uh, uh, race or whatever, and and, he, and this kid's falling behind, and he's part of the team. And instead of yelling at him to hurry up, he just picks him up and carries him. I mean, that's that's who he is, and that's who he's been. And I'm so thankful for that. I don't know how to thank. I don't know how to thank our pastors for years of meetings with us and discipling us. Uh, they taught us about finances. My finances were a disaster. I don't know how you say thank you for that. I don't know how you say thank you for, for for showing me how to manage my finances and come back, you know, make a comeback. I don't know how you say thank you. I mean, I remember Jerry and Virginia teaching marriage classes and, and then getting some more marriage classes from uh, Shelly and Eric. I don't know how you think, you know, Shorty used to come back, you know, early on when I was stumbling around back there, still not knowing what the heck I was doing. I still don't, but, I, you know, I really thank God just – you know, but whatever. But anyways, Shorty used to come back after working 12, whatever, however many hours in the day, and he would come back. And he, same same as Kate, he came back to participate. He didn't sit against the wall. He was engaging with the kids. He was interrupting me and, and helping me teach and showing me and, and, and being an example for me. And him, same way, you know. And, and I don't know how you say thank you for any of this. There's so many of you that I could, I have memories with. And, and experiences with that have changed my life forever. You guys have changed my life forever. And, and, you know, we're not disappearing. You know, we're just transitioning to a different location. And we're always going to be living word. 
and and uh, always be praying for you guys. I told the youth I'll always be praying for them. And you know I don't I don't know how to say thank you for there's so many things that were floating around in my head back there. Uh, when we went through the car accident, you guys picked us up uh, financially and through prayers and different things, and just you guys endless supply of love and forgiveness and all the things that we need, compassion and and the way that you've treated my girls and just memory after memory after memory of of things. Uh, This is not an easy thing by any means. You know, we've been talking about letting go of some of this stuff and it's just not, you know, the food bank I've enjoyed being a part of. It's, It's sewn in my heart. I remember when we were sitting, even when we were sitting in the hospital bed with her and, uh, I saw a post on Facebook that were asking for help for the food bank. And even sitting there in the middle of our disaster, my heart was breaking because I was just like, I can't get there. And both of us were like, we can't get there. And uh, I just, like I said, I don't know how to say thank you. I don't know how to say it enough times. Debbie, thank you for all the time and prayer. Thank all of you for all your prayers. Uh, I don't want to keep rambling on, but... I just want to drive home the point that I'm thankful for a family that uh, is irreplaceable and I wouldn't want to replace you. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. And uh, just thank you. And uh, we're, we're going to be around. We're not, you know, but we are going to transition to a different city and see what God has. So you have. want to say thank you. They have been the most faithful, committed, supportive, encouraging through the good times, the bad times. I told I told them the other day, I said, you know, we'll find people to uh To do what they do, but I don't. I don't know if we'll ever replace their hearts. <laughs> They've been our kids. <laughs> the twins were only two years old when they got here, and it wasn't too long before Jessica was back there with the kids, <laughs> jumping in with both feet. We thank you. We thank you for serving not out of obligation. Because your heart was here. And you wanted to serve God with all of your heart. And we love you so much. And we're just sending you out a seed. And we're going to plant you in Oklahoma City. And you're going to flourish. And you're going to grow. And you are going to discover the new things that God has for you. And wherever your feet go, girls, mom and dad, God has you. And we bless you with all of our hearts. And we love you.
very difficult for me to say <laughs> what I'm about to say. Um, it's going to be difficult for me to say what I'm facing to say. I'm going to tell you how good God is. I've known this girl because she's my niece since she was little. <laughs> and I've seen all the struggles that this little girl went through in her life, even to being a single mother. And I tell you that my sister and I interceded for her day and night for her life to be transformed and that God would just come in and just embrace her and love her and just a transformation in her life. She came, finally she came to Woodward and I praise the Lord that she finally gave her heart to the Lord. And I'm telling you, God has done such an awesome, awesome miracle in this girl. And I might have not been in your lives a whole lot like I wanted to, but my heart and my prayers are always with you because I love you. And even in the times that she was sick and even in the times that you went and you were in the hospital, oh, my prayers was with you. But God has brought him this far. I'm telling you, and God's got more. He has got more for you, Mama. And I just love and praise the Lord for the transformation that he's done in you and Jason. And the girls, because I know the girls, oh, my goodness, <laughs> they're so beautiful, and they, they are so in love with God, and they are a part of what God has for them and your family. So <laughs> I just want to say <laughs> it's been a journey, <laughs> and I love you so much. I'm going to miss you, but my prayers and my heart is always with you. It's teary up here. God says to tell you the sun is shining. Where you're going is going to be brightly lit. God wants you to know that his, his steps, you're following in his steps. And, and as there has been a cloud that's just hung around you, God says it's evaporating. That thing that has so, so encompassed you that you hated, God is removing that as you go to this new place. It's going to be like a whole new life. And you're going to say, God, are you sure about this? Because, see, it's your faithfulness. God always honors faithfulness. And you top the list. Both of you do. And so God just wants you to know that the, there's not going to be any dark pathways anymore. There's not going to be any black cloud that wants to settle down and bother you. From now on, the sun is shining, and you're going to have a great time in the new place. Do you have something else? 
Jason and Jessica are gonna they're gonna be here. They're through camp. They're gonna do um, kids camp and church camp and back to school bash, which is her precious heart. And um, so we I think we still got them here on Sundays here through August. So so we're excited about that. And then so when their last Sunday comes, we'll have a big a big celebration time to, to send them off and we won't have to be crying. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just be loving on them and blessing them and, and what God has for them. Wednesday night's going to be important. So um, if you guys can join us Wednesday night, we're just going to have some fun time in the Lord. We're transitioning to the end of our classes and then we'll pick those classes back up, the small groups back up in August and we'll see how this transition is going to take. Will you guys stand to your feet? We talked about three things today. We talked about uncover, recover, and discover. Uncovering and recovering and discovering what it is that God has for you. So we just, uh, we, we aren't going to say goodbye. We're just going to say, uh, we're going to close this and then we're going to gather together again on Wednesday. We want you to come and be part of that. And as we transition, I just want, let's just pray a blessing over them even now today. And to know this. I shared this with Jason. I said, look, Living Word Fellowship was here before I got here. It's here before you guys got here. And it'll be here after we're gone. You know what I mean? And that's the great thing about that is we'll always carry that in our heart. And it's not Living Word that you're carrying. It's His Word, His living Word that's alive and active. It's just part of this. And we were we were honored to be able to, to be with you guys for this time. And we know that uh, there's greater things ahead as you continue to discover that. I know one of their hearts and desires are the boys are down there. They're going to be able to really gain relationship and restore relationship. Even some of the things I talked about today of recovering, recovering relationship and that which God has for you. Let's just pray for them. Father, I thank you for this beautiful, beautiful family. We just ask you to bless them. We ask you to bless each and every one of them. God, we thank you that uh, we don't say goodbye. We say see you later because we will see them soon. God, I thank you that this is tough, that this is one more step, and that your word says that the steps of the righteous man and woman are ordered by the Lord, and that you continue to order their steps. God, be with them, and Father, we just pray a blessing over them. We can't thank them enough for the seed that they've sown, for the treasures they've built, not just here, but in heaven. And God, you are the rewarder of those things. So God, we bless them. We thank you for them in Jesus name and everybody said amen can we give the Lord a mighty clap of praise hallelujah she's going to have them go back to the back there so you guys can knock on uh, I mean shake each other's hand we bless you go forth in his power and his might if you need prayer today we have prayer for you today go forth and discover that which God has for you God bless have a great afternoon